Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Just before we went to break, Oilers Now trivia brought to you all season long by Pro-Am Sports Fan Cave and Fan Gear Specialist for all budgets. All correct answers enter to win a signed Dylan Holloway jersey. Check out proamsports.ca. Visit them 12728 St. Albert Trail in Edmonton. The question was... Name the Edmonton Oilers farmhand who was traded by Red Deer to Swift Current when the Broncos traded the Boston Bruins Jake DeBrus to Red Deer. It was a big deal in the Western Hockey League. Red Deer was hosting the Memorial Cup that year. It also included a couple picks, including a first-rounder going from uh, Swift, uh, going from uh, Red Deer to Swift Current. And the correct answer is Lane Peterson, who has 15 goals and 36 points this year for Bakersfield. Basically, Lane Peterson was signed to replace Noah Philp who the Oilers had uh, signed out of the University of Alberta. Noah had a 19-goal season last year as a rookie in the American League, 16 goals uh, at even strength. He was top 10 in rookie goal scoring at even strength. Uh, went through a very difficult uh, personal matter and is uh, retired and is currently, the last time I heard, over in Europe. So, yes, it was uh, Lane Peterson for Jake DeBrusque. All right, we're going to go to our Oilers now headliner today for... Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. This man's a popular man. He's been on a couple different shows today, a couple different shows in the last half hour. That's how good he is. A number of years ago in Boston, we had a little bit of a stare down. Uh, two, uh, two wide bodies going at it, and uh, we've had him on for years afterwards. He is uh, a man of, of such great repute, they call him the Ted Williams of hockey writers in Boston. We welcome back Hacks with Hags. Joe Haggerty. Hello, Joe. How you doing? What's up, what's up, Bob? How you doing? Good. You know what? Uh, I, I, I was, as I recall, I was defending our PR guy uh, that night, and, and the irony is, I know he would never have defended me. So uh, that was. <laughs> but uh, it's, Bob, it's, it's amazing sometimes the situations we find ourselves in in this uh, this work thing that we're in, isn't it? Yeah, you know, it's funny. And, and and the funny thing is, uh, two of the last three years, the Oilers have won the Dick Dillman Award with a guy named Jamie Carpel. <laughs> who uh, is uh, an uber-smooth guy that does a, a great job for Edmonton. And uh, I should mention that uh, J.J. Hebert was with the Oilers organization for six years and did a solid job and is uh, currently working with the Silent Ice Group and does an excellent job for them as well. So there you go. And I, I say this as a former SID at the University of Alberta. Uh, any, anything, anytime I really want to rip a guy, uh, well, most of the time I just say it right to his face. So occasionally I have to give him a little love tap on the air. All right, let's get to it. Uh, you watch this Bruins team. I have the privilege of watching the Oilers on a nightly basis. Boston has a standard that they seem to be able to play to. You know, I used to think, well, when Charagon is gone, maybe there's going to be a drop-off. And then it was like, well, uh, you know, boom, suddenly last year they had the greatest season in NHL history in the regular season, lost out to Florida. Yep. And we all thought this year, well, now they don't have – they don't have Bergeron. He's retired. Krejci's retired. They're going to go in the crapper, and lo and behold, Boston's been competing for number one spot in the East all year. You're watching this team on a nightly basis. What do you see? What is it about Boston that makes them such a competitive team year in, year out? Well, there, there is definitely something to the culture being consistent and being uh, a big part of, of the consistent success and the fact they find themselves a playoff team and one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference every single year. There is an expectation 
that players are going to play at a certain level, that they're going to practice at a certain level, um, that they're going to, you know, do everything uh, in a, such a way that they're going to have success. You know, it's a, the expectation, the execution, all of it is, is a part of the culture. So that's a big part of it. And then that was built with Chara and Bergeron, you know, all the way through when they won the Cup in 2011 with guys like Mark Recchi and Andrew Ferentz and Sean Thornton and all those guys. And a lot of that is carried through all the way through. And Brad Marchand is still a thread that goes all the way back to those teams and the culture that was built by those other veterans uh, all the way back. And it's, you know, the last 15, 20 years, it's been the same thing year in and year out. But on top of that, I mean, you, you still have, and, and this is why I thought they were going to be a playoff team this year, even when some people were thinking the bottom was going to drop out, like you're saying, like losing Bergeron and Krejci was really going to hurt them. Uh, and, you know, they were going to fall out of the playoff mix and all that stuff. I, the team, There's enough good players and there was enough quality uh, areas where they were going to have success this year that you knew they were going to be a playoff team. David Posternak is still one of the best game breakers in the NHL. Brad Marchand is still arguably the best left winger, certainly one of them in the NHL. <clears throat> Charlie McAvoy and Hampus Lindholm is a great place to start. Uh, your defenseman core, a one a one and one A. Uh, they have arguably the best goalie tandem in the league, and it's just at an elite level that it, it bails out a lot of the mistakes that they they make. And you know they've got other good pros, obviously like Charlie Coyle, Jake Debrusque, you know, uh, other people in there, Pavel Zaka. So th- they had a good team, uh, but I think really what you've seen this year is that they've been carried offensively at times by Pasternak and Marchand. You know, Charlie Coyle has really stepped in and become a number one center and played like that for the first, you know, half to three quarters of the year and is producing at a Bergeron-like level, plays two ways in a lot of situations, like has been extremely good. Um, and their goaltending has been unbelievable. You know, Charlie McAvoy's played well, too. Certainly he had a bad November, but other than that, he's been a number one defenseman and, you know, is playing at a Norris Trophy, trophy level. But uh, Jeremy Swayman's taken it to another level this year. He's been their number one. He's been an all-star this year, and he's really, like, been outstanding. And he sold that game, 43 saves against Dallas on Monday afternoon. And Linus Elmark has been good. Not Vesna Trophy good like he was last year, but good and way above average. So the, the goaltending has been something that's rescued them, bailed them out. Uh, when they've had defensive issues and, and really been like a backbone that it's allowed them to win a ton of games. Uh, their defense has not been as good as it's been in years past. They're allowing more odd man rushes, more breakaways, more mistakes in the defensive zone coverage-wise and everything else. That's been something they've had to deal with. Between that and sometimes like the coming out of the All-Star break, they're not getting as much secondary scoring from guys. And they've only got, you know, three goals, I think, combined from Pasternak and Marchand in the, like, eight games or seven games since the All-Star break. Uh, so they're not scoring at a high level, and their special teams are struggling right now. Uh, but in general, uh, they've, you know, they've played really well. Uh, they've been consistent in all areas, and the goalies have bailed them out. So, you know, it's, they look like a playoff team. They're going to need to add some things to really be dangerous in the playoffs. But certainly they've done more than enough to get there. So one of the things I like about Boston, we're joined by Hacks with Hanks, Joe Hagerty, uh, who will tell us how you can follow him uh, and, and subscribe to something that he's involved with. But they play – so I love zone defense, Joe. You know that. We've had conversations about this before. I hate yep. man-on-man defense in hockey. And under Bruce Cassie, and I don't think Bruce was perfect. I think Bruce's time had come in Boston. But – 
he coached a really good structured process game. And the same as, you know, Monty came in there and basically played the same zone defense, maybe a little bit more aggressive than what Cassidy did. Vegas is a little yep. bit more passive. And I think that's part of their success is from a <laughs> structure and process perspective is they kept continuity with how they played the game defensively. And I think it's easier for the – like, I, there's a reason the NBA outlawed zone defense because it worked. Yep. There's a reason why there had to be – teams had to move to, you know, in the NFL. Bob Hayes came in the league and, no, you know, cornerbacks couldn't cover him, so they had to drop the safeties. But there's a reason – like, it the, it works. You're yep. covered. You have support. How much of it do you think that's part of what Boston's done is they're playing, you know – what I think is a cutting-edge defensive style for hockey in a sport where there is a lot of man versus man being played for a long time in this league. Yeah, and it, that's definitely true. And it's funny you mentioned, you know, Cassidy being an architect of his own defense because that goes back to Claude even before Cassidy. Claude, uh, Cassidy did not make a ton of defensive yeah. changes to what the Bruins were doing. And Claude was the one that was really, like, hyper-focused on defense and, and you know, was – the one that sort of started that trend, and it, it stayed consistent in Boston all the way throughout those coaching changes because it's worked, you know, because it's been – they've consistently been a very good defensive team. They've consistently been a team that's been low in goals uh, goals against, uh, you know, throughout, you know, the last 15, 20 years along with having the success that they've had. So I think that's definitely part of it. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> but um, – I do think you're onto something, though, with Monty being uh, tweaking the system to be a lot more aggressive offensively. Yep. Um, he wants the defense to pinch way more. He wants the weak side D to go really deep into the offensive zone, uh, like down by the dot and below. Uh, you know, not being up by the blue line, but really going down low, and, and that burns them at times. You know, they play very high risk offensively. Uh, with their defensemen, and they can they can oftentimes now make mistakes trying to make things happen offensively and open themselves up to odd man rushes, breakaways, things like that. And it's happening more because of the system that I think Monty wants to play, which is much more geared towards offense, high risk uh, to make plays where there's a you know a risk reward sort of thing. Um, it happened in Dallas the, the, the against Dallas the the goal they gave up in the third period. Uh, to tie things up uh, or to give away the lead before they tied it up and got it to overtime. Derek Forbert was pinching way down low in a tie game, and they didn't have a forward that covered for him when he went down low, uh, and Marshan passed to nobody, and it turned into a, you know, odd man rushing a goal going the other way. That, happened, that happens quite a bit to them. Uh, so, you know, structurally what you're talking about, the defensive zone, most of the time they're pretty good when they sink into the man and, you know, they get involved in their system. But they make a lot of mistakes uh, transition-wise and through the neutral zone uh, based on the aggressive way that they play under Jim Montgomery. We're joined by Joe Haggerty. <laughs> All right, Joe, you alluded to it, uh, the trade deadline. Is it too simple to point to Calgary and look at Noah Hannafin? Like, would that be – they wanted him before, didn't they, back in the 2015 draft? And ironically, yep. could one of the pieces that ends up going the other way maybe be the guy that they used with one of those picks and Jake DeBrusque, who's a pending yeah. UFA? I don't know. You tell me. Yeah, no, I think it could be. You know, I, I certainly they want him. And I think – um, the, the speculation around the league and you know, talk to certain people and I think there's wariness from other teams giving up too much for Noah Hannafin in a trade because they believe even if he goes somewhere else at the deadline that he's going to be inclined to sign with Boston as a free agent come summertime. Um, 
so I think all of that's going to be interesting. And I think he fits exactly what they need. They need a, a third part of the three-headed monster on the back end. They had Lindholm and McAvoy, and they traded for Orlov last year. And I think they really liked having that third guy that was able to be almost the number one, too. That, you know, three legit like top of the, the, the decor kind of defenseman that you can ride in all situations, play them heavy minutes and play them in all situations. And I think Hannafin's the type of guy that could do all that. And frankly, I think he's a better point guy on the power play than either McAvoy or Lindholm are. Um, so I think there's some areas where he could really help them too. It'd be an upgrade in certain situations. Uh, but I think defensemen in general is absolutely what the Bruins need. That's at the top of their priority list as far as what they're going to get. And I think Don Sweeney has wanted uh, has wanted Noah Hannafin for a long time, as you alluded to, going back to that 2015 draft. Uh, and I think he will try to get him if he can. And, and certainly this would be in, in line with the Hampus Lindholm trade, the Taylor Hall trade, other moves that they've made where it's a player they get that they want and they want long-term, and they'll make the move for it and give up some of the assets. Be, and they'll be willing to do it because it's a player that's going to stick around. But you're, you're talking about, obviously, Jake DeBrush to make the numbers work. Um, you'd be talking about probably the 2025 first-round pick. Because they, they, first they, the, they don't have a pick in the first three rounds this year. So Exactly. Yeah. And then uh, probably a top prospect like Fabian Lysel as well. Or maybe even Mason Lowry if they you know want to replace a defenseman with a defenseman. But uh, they're going to have to give up quite a bit to get him. And it's going to be interesting to see if they're willing to do that knowing they might be able to chase after him uh, come free agency this summer anyway. Joe, awesome stuff. <laughs> Double duty on Edmonton Radio. They love you. Thanks for joining <laughs> us on Winners Now. I'll see you in two yeah, weeks. Thanks, so, see you in two weeks. Always a pleasure, my friend. Can't wait for you guys to see the, come to Boston. See you, bud. All right, Yvette, that is Joe Haggerty. He is our Oilers now headliner today for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Uh, you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you always wanted, Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. Joe uh, was reached via the River Cree Resort Casino hotline, 780-496-0063, the River Cree Resort Casino excitement bet on it and with 35 years in business brent rich ford has many long-term loyal customers if you currently own an f-150 you can get up to 16,000 off a new f-150 if you want to be treated fairly at every aspect of vehicle ownership and get award-winning service reach out to our friends at brent ridge ford 780-352-6048 ask for rich johnny and uncle milton sales and kevin margie and mike in service i'm going to see the folks at brent ridge ford on tuesday next week remember cars cost less in wetaskiwin we'll take a quick timeout. come back with this day in orders history when we return on orders now I, I guess on the Ashley Fine Flores text line, by the way, at 623, I did not say who the winner was with trivia. I said that the correct trivia answer was Lane Peterson was the player that read your move to Swift Current as part of the Jake DeBrus deal. Uh, Kellen Kennedy's back in the studio. Mm-hmm. Kellen, who won? Uh, congrats to Hazen. Nicely done, Hazen. Uh, there you go. AJ from St. Thomas's text to say, Bob, what would it take to get Calgary to flip Jake to Edmonton? <laughs> so he's saying that the... Bruins would move DeBrusque in a deal to get Hannafin because we know they uh, and they're going to need to move money. Uh, so they're going to need to move some money in a deal and then turn around and get Calgary to trade Jake to Edmonton. That that is an interesting concept, uh, AJ. You're you're thinking. That's all I'm going to say. That's 
That's an awesome text. We're entering it for the text of the week draw where winners receive three months of watches at my favorite car wash, Great White Car Wash, 100 Street. Stay tuned for uh, our weekly winners announced every Friday. Tell you what, we've got some smart listeners on this show. Maybe not the smartest host, but some smart listeners. Uh, Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated 50-plus years. You can get their two-can-dine special for only $37.95 until February the 29th. Visit royalpizza.ca. We head back into the... Uh, this day in Oilers history again for New West Travel. Join an exclusive four-night road trip in Dallas to see the Oilers play the Stars in April. Reach out to newwesttravel.com. We're going to go back to 1989. Here is Brendan Escott. Mark Messier scoring his 10th career hat trick. Tallied four goals, in fact, to lead the Oilers to a 7-4 to win over the Hartford Whalers at Northlands Coliseum. All right. Uh, well, that's going to wrap things up for now. We'll tell you that coming up tomorrow, Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBrus for GCL Diesel and Ron McLean from NHL Hockey and Rogers for Century Casino Edmonton. Also, Ian Herbers, the head coach of the Alberta Golden Bears, uh, former Edmonton winner, player and coach. Reed Wilkins has got the City Ford face-off show beginning at 635. Thomas Dias is up next with a global news weather traffic update. I will join Reed at 705 from Studio 99. So long, everybody. Until then.